Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Sin's Chat Corner. Today's guest is going to be uh, an, an incredible author that I can't say enough about. In fact, you can tell that I'm speechless. The name of the individual we're having on our show today is Michael Sheehan. So without further ado, I see he's on the line, so let's get to our interview. Good morning, Michael. Hello, Cindy. How are you? Happy holidays I'm... and uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. What a what a bright and lovely guest we have first thing this morning. Thank you very much. I've been very oh, excited, very, very excited to have this interview with you because I, I find you to be just absolutely multi-talented, and there's just so many questions that I have to ask you. So um, I guess we should just get right into it. Sure. Uh, I definitely wanted to say that you carry such a bountiful resume. Um, you are a singer, a songwriter, a composer, a producer, and an author. Um, maybe if you could, can you take me back to your childhood and expound upon at what point you discovered your talents in these different areas? You know, it's um, I was blessed, Cindy. I had amazing parents, and uh, they gave me every opportunity uh, to, you know, um, they knew nothing about music and except for the the joy of music that they played themselves, just for their own personal uh, entertainment. And, uh, I mean, music was always a big part of our house. My brother, my sister, and I, we all played music. We all danced. We all um, took lessons of every sort. And that's why my parents, uh, you know, worked very hard and made that little extra money to send us for those lessons. And um, music, and, and it wasn't forced upon us. Um, as a matter of fact, every Christmas, I would get a new instrument, uh, a, a, along with toys. And... Um, I just took to it. I loved music, and it seemed to come uh, very easy to me. And um, I was very lucky, just very fortunate, mm-hmm. and had um, uh, some very fortunate things happen as a young child. Um, international uh, music competitions on uh, several different instruments, um, both for classical music and for also traditional Irish. My, both my parents immigrated from Ireland. So of course I was I was uh, raised with the Celtic music and Irish music and played in country bands, rock bands, Celtic bands, played in the New York Symphony Orchestra. I was a boy soprano with the Metropolitan Opera for many seasons, singing professionally at Lincoln Center in New York City, uh, in Aida and uh, Lohengrin, and um, all these operas. Uh, it was just an amazing experience, and uh, I sure. was fortunate enough to get accepted into LaGuardia High School of Music and Art which was the fame, you know, the, the movie and the TV show Fame was that school. And, um, you know, that was an amazing experience as well. I was with uh, some of the top musicians from all over. We had ambassadors, kids being dropped off in their limousines with bodyguards. And, um, it, you know, it was just an amazing school to go to and such talent. I mean, the teachers were amazing. The Every student was uh, exceptional at whatever they were accepted into the school for, whether it was art or dancing or performance or music or singing. So that mm-hmm. was that, that was just an amazing experience as well. Oh, I and then in college, so. I was um, played with uh, one of the New York Symphony Orchestras and was picked by uh, my teacher, myself and another girl, to play. Uh, Alfred Hart was my teacher, and Alfred was the concertmaster of the New York Metropolitan Opera Orchestra. And okay. uh, he picked myself and another girl to play in one of the New York symphonies. So okay. it just, you know, it, it was fantastic. Oh, my goodness. Now, 
I have to ask the question, obviously, as a, as a younger child. Did you notice your, your passion exude uh, for any of these, you know, you're putzing around the house and you're playing with instruments or you're singing? or How did you discover that this is something you really wanted to do? You know, um, it's it just came naturally. Um, I, I had, as I said, I won international competitions on seven different instruments uh, by the time I was nine years old, and okay. um, I, I just uh, I just loved it. It just it seemed to come naturally, and uh, it was something that I, you know, when you like something like anything, if you like playing football, if you like playing uh, swimming, if you like uh, dancing, if you like riding your bicycle. Uh, mm-hmm. It's something you do often, and, and you, you love that time doing it. And uh, I think um, giving an opportunity to every child, and, and that's what I'm a big part of today in schools. I try to promote, keep the music in schools and the literacy programs in schools uh, because a lot of the schools, the funding is being cut back. So I've actually right. been doing a tour and donating a portion of the sales of my books or music back to the school to help support their uh, literacy programs and music programs that keep them continued. Oh, my goodness gracious. Look at that. Yes, and I agree with you on that. Even in here in our state, because I'm from Wisconsin, I noticed that uh, we just have less and less funding for arts. It's just not a priority anymore, which is so unfortunate. So many kids out oh, there. It, it, it's a shame because it's a big part of America. I mean, um, the talent that comes out of America in the arts, in the literacy, in the music, it's uh, if you don't nourish it and keep planting those seeds and give people the opportunities to shine, um, right. what's going to happen? It, it's it's going to exactly. fade. You no, know, and and, and the the thing about children, and that's why I love performing in front of children. They're an open book. They accept you for what you are, and if they like it, there you have their hundred uh, percent attention. They're, I mean, when right. I perform the rooftop hop. And I stole the stories of Mr. Holiday's Presents the Rooftop Hop. I'm in, I'm in front of a, a, a gymnasium full of a few hundred children. And I'm not kidding you, their eyes, I'm looking down into their eyes, and they're just looking up at me, waiting for every word to come out of my mouth. They're just they're so infatuated with it. And, of course, I was as a child, too. I loved Christmas, loved all the holidays. And that's the amazing thing about the United States of America. There's no other country in the world that celebrates their holidays like we do. We have huge parades, big theatrical productions. You know, it's, it's, um, we cherish everyone's holidays, and that's what makes this country great. You know, we do Definitely. Polish Day, Italian holidays, Irish holidays, German holidays, uh, Asian holidays, um, Latin American holidays. We, we, we celebrate everyone's holiday, especially here in New York, where I'm based. Um, I mean, there's a holiday, there's a parade nearly every other week in, uh, on a weekend in New York City for sure. another holiday. And that's, that's why I created this character, Mr. Holidays, because Christmas and the holiday season, unfortunately, has been turning into one day. It's Christmas Day. The family gets together. They have a nice dinner. They exchange the gifts. But when I was a kid, Christmas was a whole week long. I mean, um, all family and friends would stop over every night for a visit, for a social, uh, just to say hello, to exchange gifts, bring a cake, have a cup of tea, have a drink. Um, mm-hmm. It was a social thing. But now mom and dad, everyone's so busy working two jobs, trying to just keep things going. You know, the economy is really down and things are so expensive. It's become one day and one meal and the gifts. So I created Mr. Holidays 
and and we came out with this book. Um, we got uh, the musical CD that has all the songs and the backing tracks in the book so that you can sing the songs yourself with the backing tracks and be the star. And then I got award-winning choreographer Michael Balderrama from In the Heights on Broadway, and he brought in Jennifer Parsonen, who's one of the top dance instructors and also a choreographer, to create the dance, the rooftop hop, that goes with the song and goes with the book. And I was very fortunate to make great friends with uh, Doug Wright, who's an illustrator. And this is Doug's first book as well, just like this is my first book. And we've been super fortunate. We've won three of the biggest children's book awards in the country. We were the only company in all the world to win two Moonbeam Awards uh, for Best Holiday Book and Best Children's Book with Music. And uh, that was huge. And then we won the biggest award uh, earlier this year at Book Expo America, which is held at the Jacob Javits Center in New York. It's the, the gathering of the whole book industry of the world. They come to Jacob Javits Center for a whole week, and they have the Independent Book Publisher Awards called the Ippy Awards. And uh, we were blessed. I mean, I can't believe it. We won the Ippy Award for Best Overall Holiday Book and uh, in that category. So mm-hmm. it's been huge for us. We've been really blessed and uh, very fortunate, and I'm excited. And I just hope it gets out to the world now because everyone that sees it and hears the music. Oh, by the way, the song, The Rooftop Hop, is, uh, I just heard it last night on uh, television on the <laughs> soft soft rock and uh, music stations that are playing Christmas music, and mm-hmm. supposedly 126 stations that picked it up across the country so far. So, um, you know, we're excited mm-hmm. about that, and um, it's just exactly. the possibilities are endless. That's the great thing. Exactly. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. I wanted to kind of shift gears just a little bit, because I found it to be an unusual twist in that such a creative spirit as yourself had opted for uh, a life in law enforcement. Maybe you can yes. share with us yeah, what led to that uh, career path when your heart is seemingly wrapped around all of your different various occupations? Well, you know, I've, I've always been entrenched to the music industry, entertainment industry. But when I was in college, uh, I was in my third year of college, and like now, the economy was really bad. And uh, mm-hmm. there was hardly any jobs available. Unemployment was really high. And, I mean, even attorneys with their law degrees were finding a tough time getting a spot. Uh, to be an attorney mm-hmm. it was that tough out there. So in the music industry, the doors were pretty much closed up. Uh, the people who had the slots were not leaving, and there was no openings because everyone needed their job, so they were cherishing their positions, and not too many new positions were opening at the time. So mm-hmm. uh, I took all the civil service tests, never intending to become a police officer or never pretending to become anything, just to take them as a, have something to fall back on. And... Um, Sure enough, I got called for the mall, and I passed all the tests, and I had to make a decision real quick, otherwise they were going to pass me and um, go on to someone else. So I picked uh, the New York City police officer. And uh, like anything I do, I have tunnel vision, and uh, I only did about uh, a year and a half in uniform, and I I went undercover because I have a baby face, and I just Mm -hmm. had good instincts. So I I went undercover uh, pretty much the rest of my career. Uh, I was in anti-crime and then um, promoted into the narcotics unit. And then mm-hmm. I became a detective investigator in uh, major case narcotics and worked myself up to the ranks um, all the way up to the FBI Joint Federal Task Force. Hmm. 
So uh, wow. it was an amazing run, and I worked with some fantastic people. And every day is an adventure on NYPD, let me tell you. It's uh, no oh, day is the same. <laughs> but uh, it's the I best police it. department in the world, and I can proudly say that. And, um, uh, you know, just amazing people uh, dedicated to what they do, dedicated so much that, uh, unfortunately, a lot of them give their lives for it. But oh, um, it's it's one of those jobs. But, you know, I was always in the music career, and thank God I had the music career as well because uh, it gave me a release. It was my way to um, get out and keep writing. And I love to create. I, I, I write um, television scripts. I write plays. I write books. Mm-hmm. This is my first book. I have eight books already written for Mr. Holidays. And uh, I write songs, um, you know, all sorts of musics. And uh, I represent now with our entertainment companies. I have a music publishing company and we represent Grammy Award-winning recording artists and uh, writers, songwriters, and we have a management company now uh, where we manage some great acts across the country. And I have the book publishing company, so and then several other entertainment companies. Um, very involved um, in the industry, 100%. I'm one of those people that has tunnel vision. When I'm doing something, I'm dedicated 100% to it. So, um, you know, it's, I've been very fortunate, very blessed. And most important, I have a great family. My wife, Barbara, and my three boys have supported me all the way up through everything. And uh, let me tell you, uh, they could tell you some stories <laughs> of oh, everything we've been through with the, you know, certain things with the police department and um, awards and the books. And, you know, it takes a lot of time and traveling and dedication. And without their support, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. So I'm very fortunate and blessed that way as well. Gotcha. Now, I'm going to start probably making a fool out of you by talking about how amazing you are. <laughs> so we'll start. Um, your your accolades are just numerous, obviously, in every area that you venture. Um, the first accomplishment that I wanted to touch base upon was um, you winning seven international competitions for various instruments, violin, accordion, mandolin, flute, banjo, and tin whistle. Um, I'm curious to ask you, do you feel that this aspect of your musical talent is, is your strongest, meaning playing a musical instrument? Is that how you would view yourself or no? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, playing the musical instruments uh, and, and the singing, um, you know, since I was a child, I've been winging, winning um, singing competitions and for uh, songs I wrote and both just uh, in a general singing competition. And now the phenomenon, it's funny, the phenomenon today is American Idol and uh, The Voice and all these great shows. Mm-hmm. Back when I was a child, uh, they had nothing like that. They had, uh, I think one show came out later and um, with Ed McMahon, uh, I forget the name of it, but there was, it, it was a great show for a while, but that was the only show uh, to show talent. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's fantastic today because you have numerous shows that give people the opportunity to, to show their talent. But when I was a child, there was nothing like that. So, um, but I was very fortunate. I traveled the world um, in international music competitions, and of course, you would have to win here in the United States first to be able to qualify to go into the international uh, competition. So I would win both here regionally and then. Uh, overseas internationally uh, on the instruments and it was fantastic and again thanks to my parents I mean it costs a lot of money to fly to these places and cost money to enter these competitions and right. take lessons so it, you know I was very lucky I had the great support and, um, and I was going to ask this- that question I'm curious to ask this actually 
was there ever a point in time, because I've, I've asked other entertainers this, in that your parents kind of looked at you and said, you know, Michael, would you want to think about being a doctor, a lawyer, something predictable, per se, something that we all in, in society think, oh, they're going to do very well financially, it's going to be a nice, solid career. Were they ever veering in that direction with you? Oh, yes. I mean, you know, it's it's only natural. Uh, my mom and dad knew nothing about the music industry. They just uh, gave us every opportunity we can. And, of course, since I had no guidance, I would hit walls along the way. And if I only knew then what I know now. <laughs> but um, it, it's, it's you know, but and my parents would say, you know, listen, my, especially my dad, uh, he would fall back. My dad was a hardworking man all his life. And, uh, I mean, he's still alive today. He's 83 years old. God bless him, uh, but he worked tremendously hard his whole life. I mean, a real worker. And my mom, too, right beside him. I mean, they were like a pea in a pod. Uh, they just were a team together. And I'm very fortunate I have that with my wife, Barbara. Uh, we work very well together and really support each other. But my dad said to me, he says, listen, this music is great. And, and I was playing, you know, five to seven nights a week out performing, making good money and teaching music as well and writing and creating my own music but that the writing and creating started later on uh where i really got into doing the original um writing and songs and performance and stuff but um mm -hmm. he would say to me um that um you know what happens if you break your finger or you break your arm you have no coverage you have nothing to fall back on and well, that was his guidance and that's that's another reason in college why i took all the civil service tests but that being said, if I had to give someone advice today, uh, if you have a dream, you got to go for it. You, you know, it's right. just um, don't let no one say no. And my father didn't say no, but he was just trying to give me another frame of mind, a thought for security. So um, he had a point. But if, if you really feel that you're drawn to something and you love something, I would strongly advise everyone to go for your dreams. Life is so short. You know, we only have today, tomorrow's not a guarantee. And that's another reason why I wanted to create Mr. Holidays uh, and uh, do this whole thing for the celebrations because I wanted to create new traditions and new celebrations for the family, all the family could cherish. When Mr. Holidays presents the rooftop hop, you have the song, so you can all sing the songs and listen to the songs together. You have the beautifully illustrated book by Doug Wright, the nice story so you can parents can read it to the children and the children can read it themselves. Then you have the dance DVD where grandma, grandpa, mom and dad, and the children can all learn the dance together. It's, it's that kind of dance where everyone can learn it. And Michael mm -hmm. Balderrama and Jennifer Parsonen actually teach it on the DVD in beginner level, intermediate level, and advanced level for everyone to learn. Then we also have... You know, when we shot the DVD, I shot it at the American Movie, Com American Movie Company in New York with a cast mm -hmm. of 30 and a crew. And mm -hmm. uh, we shot it on green screen, so we have Santa and Mrs. Claus dancing the rooftop hop on top of the rooftops of Mr. Holidaysville. And then we also have the book in digital format on DVD so the children can read it in the car video systems or they can put it in their computer and listen to the music and read the book. And also on the DVD is an extra bonus. You could put the DVD in the computer and print out all the award-winning illustrations from the book by Doug Wright hmm. and create your own coloring book. So it's like wow. five gifts in one, and we priced it so cheap because uh, we wanted to keep it with the economy, and we want to make it affordable 
for everyone to be able to get it, it was $20, and it's so many gifts in one. So, um, you know, and and as I said, um, when we won the Moonbeam Awards, uh, Jim Jenkins um, uh, was given the announcement, and um, he said, you know, in all his years, he's never seen a book with so much amazing content. And, you know, for our our book, we're standing in the audience, we were blown away. I mean, it was just such a blessing to hear that from industry people that have been in the industry for years. So uh, we've been very fortunate. And, um, you know, it's just uh, I, I hope it reaches the people and touches the people and creates new memories and celebrations for years to come. And we're working on our next book now, which is also a Christmas book, which we hope to have out next year. And uh, I'm going to try to um, have a book for every holiday in the calendar year with Mr. Holidays. That's my eventual goal. That's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Um, I wanted to touch base next. Um, Obviously, you wouldn't know this, but I'm a huge, huge fan of opera. So I'm, of course, curious to ask about um, what it felt like to perform consistently as part of the New York Metropolitan Opera. Oh, it's it's absolutely amazing. I mean, you can imagine as a child, I was a boy soprano, and I had many solo parts. I was a soloist as well as in the children's chorus. And Robert Robert Layton was our instructor conductor with the children's chorus at the Metropolitan Opera at that time. So mm-hmm. with the rehearsals and the full costume, and I was in Aida, and um, you know the makeup. <laughs> I was dressed in a little kind of outfit like Tarzan, and okay. uh, I used to sit in the makeup room with makeup artists for over an hour, and they would do me from head to toe, my toes, my ears, every part of my body with this makeup called Texas Dirt uh, to give me this, you know, uh, kind of tan and, and look to fit the opera. And okay. that was every performance we had to go do that before every show. And um, uh, the Metropolitan Opera, I mean, just being behind stage is like going to a show. Uh, one stage lowers down on the ground, and you have a crew of maybe 50 or 60 uh, men and women building the set while the next stage comes up and moves forward to the front so it's just that there's a whole production behind the production and then you have the whole orchestra pit with all the orchestra players in front the musicians and then you have the adult chorus of the opera um and the adult soloists of course uh doing their thing and then the children's chorus uh, and and the children's soloists and the costume designers the makeup artists i mean it's a major production that goes on every night to put on that show and the amount of work and the talent the the talent people uh of the people involved is amazing i mean even from the construction the electioneers um you know you have rivers flowing on the front of the stage with a swan uh in one of the operas i mean it's amazing what they do the set designs and the the people have no idea when they're sitting in the audience looking at that stage what it actually takes to put on that production and uh, I was very fortunate to be with it for years. As a matter of fact, uh, Robert Layton, I, 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 I'm tall, and even as a child I was tall, and I was taller than Robert Layton. And there's a certain point in a, a boy soprano's life where you stop singing because uh, you're going through puberty and stuff, and it could damage your vocal cords. So uh, mm. Robert comes up to me, and I mean, I was doing the solos and getting paid very well, very good money, and... Um, uh, Robert comes up and he goes, Michael, um, we're going to have to stop. And uh, my mom looks and goes, well, why, Mr. Layton? He goes, well, 
your voice is going to be changing, and he goes, you're taller than me. You don't, you no longer look like a child in the children's chorus. <laughs> <laughs> so then I went into the acting part of it. I went up into the adult performance level, and, uh, of course, I couldn't sing uh, for those years to let my voice um, progress without being damaged. So I just sure. acted, and uh, that was a whole other experience, being in the adult level of the New York City Metropolitan Opera, just doing the acting. And... Um, but, uh, I mean, you know, it was amazing, uh, amazing experience and something I'm so fortunate to uh, have been part of. Wonderful. Absolutely. Uh, additionally, I wanted to note that you've, of course, played in the New York Symphony Orchestra as well. Um, I'm wondering, are the demands higher or more challenging for you personally as compared to maybe some of the other facets that you're involved in? You know, um uh, what do you mean by that question, just so I understand it properly? Well, no, no, that's fine, and I guess I should probably elaborate on that a little bit. Obviously, the expectations of you, uh, not only age-wise and otherwise, in the opera, per se, because you're performing in a different capacity as compared to being in the symphony orchestra. I'm just trying to comparatively look at the two experiences and think, okay, is, is being in the opera as compared to the orchestra more challenging? I guess my assumption was is that being in the orchestra would have different challenges in the opera, per se. Well, so, you know, uh, I never looked at it that way as being challenging. I just always thought and I always felt I was blessed to be part of it. And the amazing thing about the New York Symphony, I mean, what I realize now looking back, I mean, you've got to remember I was a child in the opera, and in the right. symphony I was in college. So, right. But looking back now, I was surrounded by the most talented people in the country. And I right. thought of it. I was just happy to be there, you know, easy-go-lucky kind of guy, and never realized the the talent that I was surrounded with, talking to these people and having coffee with them and, and, and chatting with them every day. But now I look back and I'm like, wow, that was amazing. Like, for example, when I was in the New York Symphony, don't forget, like, uh, this is not the New York Philharmonic now. There's several New York symphonies in New York. And I was right. picked out of college by Alfred Hart, myself and another student girl, because Alfred was our teacher at college. And... um I was honored that he picked me, of course, and uh, I'm sitting in this New York Symphony, and uh, every rehearsal for every show, it was like musical chairs because this was a seasonal orchestra, not a full-time orchestra like the New York Philharmonic or the Pops or Lincoln Center. So what happened was uh, on the off-season, when uh, the professional full-time shows would be stopped, all those top-level... performers with those orchestras would play with the symphonies to pick up side money during the off season. So every show was like rotating chairs, except for myself, this other girl, Alfred Hart, and a few other people, someone would be sitting in for that performance. So it was amazing because at each rehearsal, I would meet the person sitting next to me. I played first violin in the first violin section, so they're they're sat in rows of twos. And uh, the person sitting next to me would be a different person usually for every other performance. So I'd say, um, you know, who do you play with? And this guy would say, oh, I'm with the New York uh, Philharmonic. And the other guy would say, oh, I'm in a Broadway show that just ended. And the other person would be with such such various uh, groups all over the country. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting next to this one gentleman. He sat down next to me. And, I mean, I was obviously good on the violin to be picked. But this gentleman was incredible. I mean, this man could eat the violin. He was that good. So uh, I wow. said, who are you playing with? And he goes, uh, I'm not. And I go, what do you mean? And we started talking. And this, this gentleman had his doctor's degree in music 
was an unbelievable violinist. I mean, I was good, but this guy was incredible. And he uh-huh. could not get a gig at the time. And that's what, that's when I was in my third year of college. And I came home that evening to my dad and mom at home. And uh, I said, you wouldn't believe... Oh, they said, how was the show? I said, oh, the show was great. But I said, you wouldn't believe the gentleman I met. And I said, Dad, this guy was unbelievable. And he can't get a gig. And that's when my father said, he put his hand on the kitchen table. And he goes, that's why you got to take every civil service test and have something to fall back on. And... Right. Um, so that kind of triggered what led me to take the test to go to the police department. But I was just blown away that here's a gentleman with his doctor's degree in music, was umpteen times better than me on the violin, and could mm-hmm. not get a position. They were all filled. Everything was closed up. So, um, you know, timing and, of course, having someone to guide you and point you in the right direction in the music industry is huge as well. Everyone needs guidance. I don't care how good you are and how much you know, uh, it's who you know, and right. the right people to guide you to the right places. And today, you know, with all my years and experience, that's why I just launched a management company uh, in the beginning of the year, Finest Worldwide Management Group, And uh, because I have that knowledge now, and I have that experience. So now I'm helping other artists um, achieve their dreams and their goals and get into the higher platform and higher stage. So it's a, a dream come true for me. I'm doing what I love, and I still perform right and, um, you know, doing it myself. Uh, the, 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 there's no one that can stop you, only yourself. The possibilities are endless. And if you let someone say no to you or someone shut you down, that's you making the mistake, not them. Exactly. Because it, it's, there's, you know, no one cares. It's, it's your life. If you love this dream and you love this passion, you go for it. Don't let no one stop you, because it's only another opinion. That, you know, who wrote the Book of Rules? That's what I always say. Who was the person who wrote the Book of Rules? <laughs> you know? It's an amazing it's, attitude, actually. You know, it's, well, well that's, that's my life, and that's what's taken me through. I, I honestly believe I had an angel on my shoulder. I mean, I've been in some of the most dangerous situations on the police department, and when I look back, I'm like, wow, how did I walk away from that? And... Right. Uh, I honestly believe my whole life there's been an angel on my shoulder guiding me. Someone's guiding me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I thank God for it. I'm very grateful. Gotcha. Okay. Let's turn it a little bit again. I, I think it's absolutely amazing that you have offered uh, part of your time as a mentor to the New York CMJ Music and Film Festival. Yes. Um, well, the, the – go, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was just going to ask, actually, what prompted your participation and to what extent your involvement was? Well, you know, I've been uh, asked several things. I've been um, a sponsor of the Nashville Film Festival, which is now the third biggest film festival in the country for years. And then I've been brought in a mentor in um, CMJ in New York, which is the college music festival. And uh, it's a great experience. Um, I've done it several years in a row. I did not do it last year uh, because I was obligated, but uh, for several years prior to that, and one of those is at NYU when they have the CMJ Festival, I'm a music publishing songwriting mentor, and it's uh, it's great, all these young and up-and-coming songwriters that are looking for guidance and looking for the right direction and, uh, and looking for a bit of, um, you know, support, um, I talk to them and I listen to their music and I give them ideas and I, I give them avenues to uh, follow, and uh, I try to inspire them to to keep continuing 
uh, their dreams because, you know, everyone has to start somewhere. And, um, you know, I say this to a lot of people that for songwriting, how many people write a number one song? I mean, uh, right. you figure of all the songwriters in the country, it's so hard to write a number one song. It's, uh, I mean, and, and that's what I said. So, you know, everyone has to start somewhere. I'm sure my first songs I wrote, I thought they were great because I wrote them. But it's like anything. You get better. Uh, you play with better chess players. You become a better chess player yourself. And that's right. what I've been very fortunate my whole career, not even realizing it. I was with the best of the best. And it really helped me. I mean, what an education I had firsthand. Um because I was surrounded by the most talented people in that part of the industry. And uh, I've been very fortunate, and, and I love to learn. Um, you know, the day you stop learning is the day you're done. Uh, I exactly. believe uh, there's just so much to learn. And I, I'm, I'm like a sponge now, and I see life totally differently because, um, you know, uh, as I said, I'm lucky to be here. Several times I look back and I wonder, wow, how did I walk away from that? And uh, I look at life a whole different way. Um, you know, each day I wake up in the morning is a new beginning. And uh, I try to, if you look on my Mr. Holidays, I have a Facebook page for Mr. Holidays. And I have, um, you know, over a thousand fans and stuff. And every day I put posts. And I try to inspire people and keep people in the holiday spirit. And, um, you know, it, it's so important because, we only, as I said, we only have today. Tomorrow's not a guarantee. So make the most of every minute we can. It, it's... Uh, it's a blessing. It really is. Yes, it is, actually. And you are so amazingly inspiring just because you not only combine your talent, but you have this inspiration and you have a true appreciation for not only your own talents, but other people's talents, as well as just, uh, you know, your whole outlook on life. I just, I find you so impressive. My goodness. I just had to say oh, that. Thank you. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Not at all. Um, I know that you had uh, just touched on this, which is where I was leading to as far as your involvement with the National Film Festival. And um, I also know that you had involvement with the Maroon TV on CBS. I wanted yes. to ask you, um, is this something you see your participation going into like projects down the road now that you've done things like this? Well, you know, <laughs> it, it's, um, everything is a great experience. And Maroon TV uh, with Robin Mitchell-Joyce, I, I don't know if you know Robin, but she's an extremely uh, successful entertainment attorney and she's one of the most knowledgeable people uh that i know and she was my attorney for many many years and i was very fortunate to work with her um mm -hmm. but robin was the host of that show and my job was to bring the talent on and to supervise the talent so i had uh grammy award-winning raul mallow performing it uh grammy award-winning jim lauderdale performed on the show uh, little big town uh, came on, if you're familiar with the country band, Little Big Town, they came on the show. Yep. Anthony Smith, uh, Rob Heath, who's an award-winning songwriter from Canada. Uh, Matt King, who's an amazing songwriter. Um, you know, he's he's really down in Texas and down in the South, but he is that real American roots rock sound. He's very prolific. Uh, someone to really watch out for. He's, he's an amazing talent. He was on the show. Uh, Tommy mm -hmm. Townsend, Daryl O'Donnell. We had all these celebrity artists and uh, top performers on the show. So it was a great experience, and, and I love television. And um, as I said, I'm writing TV scripts. I have a script right now I, I wrote on my undercover life, and I'm getting a lot of interest from um, Hollywood producers. Um, so we'll see. You know, the possibilities are endless. I, I have a movie script written for Mr. Holidays that I'm working mm -hmm. on. 
and and the books and additional music and and I write all sorts of music. I'm coming out with a new album in the new year of Celtic music uh since my Irish roots and I grew up playing all that Irish Celtic music. I'm coming out with an original Celtic album and then I have a pop rock project I'm coming out with later on in the year. And wow. more Christmas music. I I just love to write everything and I love every kind of music as long as it's good. I listen to everything and with my three sons they open a whole other world of music. Because, you know, there's only so many hours in a day, but they're listening to their favorite music and go, Dad, you got to check this out, listen to this. And they turn me on to so much amazing stuff. So I'm very fortunate. I have my own A&R department with my two <laughs> sons. Exactly. So I say, Dad, you got to check out this band. And, uh, of course, I'm, I, I'm loving it because I'd never discover them myself. I wouldn't have the time. But right. um, So I'm very lucky in, in all sorts of ways. Definitely. You're right. Um, at some point, I see that you chose, obviously, to create the Sheehan School of Music and Dance. Uh, so I wanted you to provide for us the inspiration behind the development of that idea and your goals relative to your school. Well, my my whole family, my brother Brendan and my sister Una Teresa and I, uh, as I said, we were very fortunate. We had dancing lessons and music lessons, and we all... Um, we're rewarded. We 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 all are um, award-winning um, performers. Uh, in that, my sister is a world champion uh, step dancer, and uh, my brother was a, a very good uh, violinist as well and uh, drummer. And um, so, when we were going up after I won all these competitions, even though I won them at a young age, when I was in my teens, um, I had won the biggest competitions you could win in that genre. So um, I started uh, teaching music, and right across the hall, my sister equally had won all the biggest competitions in her genre of step dancing. So we opened up the Shahin School of Music and Dance. And we wanted to give back and, and um, you know, just uh, help out all the, the next generation coming up and give them our guidance and our knowledge and uh, mm -hmm. we were very fortunate. Uh, my sister still has um, schools all over the East Coast, uh, teaches um, every day of the week, uh, and has turned out champion students that toured with Riverdance and um, um, toured with uh, all these uh, dance shows and theatrical shows on Broadway. And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. And the same here. When I was teaching full-time, um, I had hundreds of students, and several of them have gone on professional and uh, are still performing and uh, playing professional today. Wow. Amazing. So um, it, it was just uh, great. And, and we taught, you know, five to seven days a week uh, all wow. over the East Coast. Uh, uh, we had a different school every day. And it was great for the parents because they could go to one location and offer their kids, and I taught so many different instruments, so they could offer their children the music lessons and walk right across the hall and on the same evening go for a dance lesson. And, uh, you know, it was, we priced it very affordable, and uh, we had a very successful school, and my sister still has her dancing school very successful today. It's uh, oh, the Shehan Gormley wow. School of Irish Dance. Okay, I gotcha. So do you feel in your own mind personally that the goals that you have set for that school are things that have been accomplished, do you think? Well, you know, um, I love setting goals, and I, I have dreams, and uh, I've been very fortunate to uh, achieve a lot of those dreams. But, you know, it, it, it's like a ladder. Each time I 
achieve one dream, I have my eye on the next one. And that's what keeps me going, and that's what inspires me. And that's what's so great. I mean, that's why if anyone listening gets anything out of this, every day is a new opportunity. I don't care what happened in your past life. If you leave it in the past and start each day as a new day, you have a brand new beginning. But if you carry the past with you, you're living in the past. You can never move on to the future because they keep dragging the past with you. So, um, and I'm no philosopher, I'm no scientist, I'm no doctor, but that's just the way I believe. And it's, it, it keeps me positive. And, you know, being on the police department, unfortunately, it's the best, it's, it's a fantastic job, and I was with the best police department in the world, but you see a lot of negativity. It's, it's, that's the job. So with my attitude and having the music and having this release to create and write, it gave me that way to survive. And, and, and make it through those tough times and the tough things I've seen that I love to forget. And unfortunately, sometimes you can't forget them. They're embedded in your mind. But I leave right. that in the past. That's my past. I'm now living into my future. And um, that's what I mean. There's no rules. There's no one to say no. Only you can say no. So, uh, you know, that's the way I live my life. And um, I try to inspire my children to live the same way to go for their dreams. I, I make a joke with my boys at dinners, and I said, listen, if you want to be an underwater jello molder, you go be it, but be the best one there is. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And they look up at me cracking up. But um, life's too short. I mean, uh, as I said, we only have today. We do not know what tomorrow's going to bring. So I, I believe go for it. You know, what's to lose? You know, uh, when we're six feet under, who who's going to care only your personal family? That's exactly right. You know, it's an amazing attitude. I love it. Oh, my God. And, and you know, the other thing I said, uh, you know, no matter how much you acquire, no matter how successful or wealthy you are, when that day comes, when you're called, how are you going to get it in that box with you? You can't take it with you. So, you know, it's um, live life. And, and, and uh, I, I give I, – I had a, a fortunate time. My publicist, Bridget O'Brien, was able to um, – get me involved in a lot of uh, fundraising. We raised a lot of money for cystic fibrosis. Uh, We raised a lot of money for St. Baldrick's Children, which is uh, uh, children with cancer uh, research. Um, I've been very fortunate, and I love doing this stuff. And we're involved now. I'm donating a large portion of my books to the victims of Sandy, uh, Hurricane Sandy. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, if I can give back um, any way I can, uh, I try and I, I, I really cherish doing that because um, that that's what it's all about, giving, and uh, you shall receive it. It comes back, I believe it comes back in a full circle. I would agree with you 100%, definitely. You betcha. Um, if I could, I'd like to touch on um, basically your startup business, which you have a conglomeration of different businesses which fall under the finest music. Um and the purpose, as I understand it, of this business is, of course, to help musical talent get recognized. I want to ask, how long has this been in existence, and uh, have you found that each one of these particular business ventures has proven to be a success in your own terms? Well, you know, um, success, and, and I say this to, to several people, success is um, what you determine success to be. And for me, um, success is to be wake up every every day and doing what I love. Um, You know, if I make a lot of money from it, that's great. If I win awards Mm -hmm. from it, that's fantastic too. But I feel blessed that 
and I, I feel so blessed that I have my wife and children that support me that I can do every day what I love doing. And uh, when you work at what you love to do, it's not work. And, and believe me, I work around the clock till 4 o'clock in the morning a lot of times. Uh, and uh, it's long hours and tedious paperwork and stuff involved. But when you love what you're doing, um, it's not work. It's just um, I, I don't know how to express it. I don't know how to put it forward. But with the entertainment companies, um, when I uh, retired from the Joint Federal Task Force, I opened my first uh, branch, additional branch, besides the East Coast office, I opened um, an office in Nashville, Tennessee. And I signed uh, some unbelievable songwriters to my company. Uh, and the, one of the first writers I signed was uh, Bobby Boyd. And Bobby Boyd is from Bandera, Texas. And before mm -hmm. I signed him, he had written several number one songs in the country market. But under my watch, um, he won a Grammy for the big hit for Rascal Flatts, a song called God Bless the Broken Road. And, yep, uh, that was huge to be part of that. I was there at the Grammy Award uh, uh, celebration, sitting right behind Stevie Wonder, and James Taylor was two rows ahead of me, and U2 was right behind me, and uh, Green Day was right behind me, and it was amazing. What a, what a great experience. But that's what I mean. I had no idea this was going to happen. You know, you can't tell the future, but I was so fortunate to be part of it. Now, I didn't win the Grammy. Bobby Boyd won the Grammy for writing, being a co-writer with Jeff Hanna and Marcus Hummond on that great song, God Bless the Broken Road. But uh, I was part of it because I was his publisher at the time. And uh, it, it's just an amazing experience that I would have never had if I didn't put it out there. And that's what I mean. You know, you just got to put it out there and go for your dreams and uh, let the world wrap around you and see what happens. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. I really like you, Michael. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay. I want to talk a moment about, obviously, this huge accomplishment that we started talking about, which is, of course, the Rooftop Hot Book. Um, I, I just want to note that it's just proven to be an amazing success. As you had notated, of course, it's received two Moonbeam Children's Book Awards, obviously one for Best Holiday Book and for Children's Book of Music. And additionally, it has collected the Independent Book Publisher Award. Uh, i got to ask, were you expecting this whirlwind of accomplishment from this book? Oh, I had no idea. I have to tell you, this was a passion of love. Um, I, I was very passionate about it. And, um, you know, things happen for a reason. I, I honestly believe um, one thing led to the next. Um, make a long story short, my youngest son, Gabriel, his birthday's in October. And he was about six or seven at the time. And we had a big birthday party. He invited all of his friends. We had about 10 or 15 children over. And they had a great day. They were playing all day, and they had pizza and ice cream and soda. So at the end of the evening, by the time it was for the parents to come pick them up, I pulled out my guitar, and I started singing some sing-along songs for, appropriate for mm -hmm. children of that age. So this old man and old MacDonald, and since it was the end of October, I started throwing in a few Christmas songs. And um, this one little child, after I finished the Christmas song, uh, raises his hand and says to me, I don't believe in Santa Claus. And I looked down, and I was shocked. I mean, he was only six years old. And it wasn't like right. he was from a, a background that didn't believe in Christmas. So um, I looked down, and I said, well, hey, you know, my son's looking up at me with his big blue eyes like, hey, Dad, what's this about? Are, are you kidding me? Uh, and uh, I looked down at the little boy, and I said, hey, that's okay. You don't believe in Santa Claus. But I said, in this house, we love Santa Claus. 
I said, I believe in Santa Claus. I love Santa. So my little boy's eyes, you know, they, they relaxed a tiny bit, and they all went off playing. It was forgotten about in a minute. But when I was cleaning up that evening with my wife, Barbara, I said to Barbara, I said, how could it be this little child of six years old already does not believe in Santa Claus and, right. and the whole Christmas thing? And Barbara just turns to me very quick. You know, she goes, well, his mom and dad are working, full-time jobs. I mean, you know, it, it's tough. They have a big family. They're out working hard every day, and uh, there's probably not a lot of time for Christmas. And I, said, right. well, I thought about it, and, uh, you know, it's so true. Uh, today you shop over the Internet, which is a great convenience, but we've <laughs> lost that day of shop. And I remember when I was a kid, we used to get up early on a Saturday or Sunday morning, get all dressed up nice and warm to walk through the snow, and we go from store to store to store with my mom and brother and sister and buy all these gifts and stuff and have a nice lunch and come home at the end of the day exhausted and tired with all these bags from Christmas for, to wrap. But it was a day that you remember it and look forward to every year. Maybe two days we did it. And um, that's kind of gone. You know, with uh, over and over the Internet, uh, people are very quick today. They're in and out to the mall. They know exactly what they want. They run and get it, come back out and leave. It, it, right. it, it, it's We're so easily uh, satisfied today that um, it's taken that personal experience away from it. And then when they stopped, the, there was a few years ago um, before I wrote this book, when they were making a big thing that people were complaining about the Christmas music and holiday music in the malls over the holiday season. Right. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, how cold are people getting that uh, they want to stop this? So I said, I've got to create something. So that led me to create Mr. Holidays and uh, to bring this whole warmth and family experience and togetherness, togetherness back into Mr. Holidays. So when I did right. this book, you know, Tommy Gervin, who's an, a great songwriter and a, and a fantastic musician, and performer, you might know him. He's the lead guitar player for Eddie Money. You know the rock group mm -hmm. Eddie Money? Yep. Well, Tommy yep. Gervin writes for my company, Finest Music, now my publishing company. And he su submitted this children's song to me. And uh, when he submitted to me, I go, oh, my Aunt Tommy, this is fantastic. You should do a full album of these songs. I said, because he has little kids himself. So he did. He went and did this full album of children's songs called Mr. Tommy. And... Um, it, it, it's fantastic. So anyway, he hands me the finished CD cover uh, that the CD goes into, and I'm looking at the artwork on the cover. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. I said, Tommy, who did this artwork? And he, he wrote a song called Dragonfly, and he lives in um, uh, Tampa, Florida. So he was out with his kids at some fair, some event that was going on in Tampa, and as he's walking through the fair, there's this artist with an airbrush, painting a dragonfly and tommy walks over to him and talks to him and said hey would you be interested in doing my album cover i wrote a song called dragonfly i mean what's the odds so sure enough that was doug rice and uh, doug lives in tampa as well so uh when tommy handed me this finished cd i said tommy would you mind if i call doug for a project that i have so mm -hmm. i called doug and i explained to him mr holidays and i gave him the full description and doug had never done a book before either so we just clicked. We work so well together, and uh, his illustrations are amazing. So that was fate that brought us together. Then my uh, a good friend of mine, Sean Quinn, who is very uh, active in Broadway and the theatrical productions, um, I showed him the project, and he, he fell in love with it. And um, my wife, 
when I played her the song The Rooftop Hop after writing it, she loves to dance. Mm-hmm. And she says, you have to create a dance for this. She goes, oh, my God, it'd be perfect to go with the book. So my wife said, uh, you know, gave me the inspiration to create the, the dance. And Sean Quinn, who became the executive producer on this project, introduced me to Michael Balderrama. Now, Michael Balderrama has danced with Michael Jackson, Gloria Stefan, uh, all the top Broadway shows. He's one of the top choreographers. Michael, I meet with Michael, and Michael loves it. He loves the song, gets the whole concept, and he was excited to be part of it. And he brought in Jennifer Parsonen, who's this amazing actress and dance teacher and also a choreographer. And uh, Jennifer became part of it as well. Uh, So, you know, all the pieces for this whole project, I had such amazing talent with me. And then I put it out ourselves, and, and, you know... um, I had Deb Keats uh, ad- advise me on it. Deb Keats is with Bookmasters, and uh, mm-hmm. Deb Keats uh, gave me the kind of um, format that the books have to be done in. And I launched my own uh, book publishing company called Finest Books. Uh, since I had Finest Music and Finest Media already, I just it was a natural progression uh, for all our products, and I created Finest Books, and we went into production on this whole musical CD, dance DVD. And the book, and we just put it out there. I mean, we had no idea it was going to win awards. And when we won the awards, I mean, you know, at Book Expo America, we beat Nickelodeon, Disney, uh, all these major, major companies. And I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. Um, Mm -hmm. And when we won the Moon, we were the only company. And the Moonbeam Awards, I think there was um, 22 or 32 different countries that entered into the Moonbeam Children's Book Awards. And we were the only company in that competition to win two awards uh, for um, Best Holiday Book, uh, one for with Music Theatrical and one for Overall Best Holiday Book. So we, we've been blessed and uh, had no ideas we were going to win these awards, but uh, very fortunate and very thankful that we have. Definitely. And I also wanted to note, of course, your newest project being the album, Some Things Never Change. Um yes. I'm curious to ask what we can expect to hear on this album, meaning um, what style of music uh, can we expect to see more albums in the future? Tell us a little bit about it. Well, Some Things Never Change is, is, is I love Christmas. As you know, I love all I'm a big kid. <laughs> I love all the holidays. I, I really do. Fourth of July, um, they're just, um, uh, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day, St. Patrick's Day, uh, all the heritage, German holidays, Italian holidays, Latin holidays. Being in New York, you're, you, you celebrate all the holidays because they're right here. All the parades are right, right. here. So uh, I grew up with that. And um, it's such a diverse place that you learn and love everyone's culture. And that's the great thing about America. Part of the world, and New York especially. So, I mean, we're open to everything and you discover everything. And... Um, been so fortunate by that. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, with this Christmas album, Some Things Never Change, um, there's songs in this album I think will relate with everyone. Uh, for example, uh, the, the title track, Some Things Never Change. I wrote that with a, an award-winning songwriter. Um, he's just fantastic. And uh, Dave Stewart is his name. And uh, Dave and I sat down one day, and I wanted to just pitch the idea to Dave, the love I have for my parents and the holidays, and they've always given us the best Christmases, and they made it so special growing up. And, you know, that love never changes, even though they do. They get older, 
and uh, we get older. We change physically, but that love and that feeling, that spirit never changes. So um, we wrote this song together, Dave and I, and Dave clicked. He had the same childhood experiences and the same love for his parents, and we clicked and we wrote this amazing song, uh, Some Things Never Change. And I think when people hear it, already the response, uh, coming back to me on Facebook and Mr. Holiday's page, uh, so many people have said it's their absolute favorite of all the songs uh, because they can relate to it. And, and that's what I mean. There's so many songs on this album that they will be able to relate to. And, um, like, we have a New Year's song called Year Out, Year In. And it's a really up-tempo, happy uh, dancing song uh, to take in the new year, and uh, when I sat down with Alan Miller, and Alan Miller is my co-writer on that song, Alan Miller has written the theme song for the Disney movie Snow Dogs. He's written a lot of Raul Mallow and the Mavericks' biggest hits. He's a great songwriter, a lyricist, and um, I had the idea, and I started the lyrics, and I sat down in a meeting with Alan, and I said, you know, nothing's ever going to replace old Anxine. It's the established oh, New Year's song. But I yeah. definitely think there's room for a new New Year's song as well. And uh, so we sat down together and we wrote the song Year Out, Year In, and people love it. Um, you know, we're just slowly, like the book, a lot of people don't know us yet, but uh, the great thing about Christmas and New Year's and all the holidays, they're every year. So every year if we pick up a few more fans and more people get to know us about it, know about us and my music and my books, hopefully they'll become the standard classic that's played every year, and they'll become part of people's traditions and celebrations. That would be a dream come true for me. If I could become part of people's holidays and my music and the books and songs under Mr. Holidays and under my own, Michael Shahan, a singer-songwriter, it would be a dream come true. But I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it because it's busting out of me and I love it. <laughs> I have to do it. I can't stop the mind from thinking and I love to write. I love to record. I, I'm like a kid in a candy store in a recording studio. Um, okay. I, I just think it's such a magical place. And the same thing on a, on a, on a, a visual set, on a TV set or on a, a movie set. It's like you're, you're in your own little toy store. It's like you can create anything. You can do anything. And the possibilities oh, yeah. are endless. And, you know, um, you, you'll hear it on a lot of the songs I just love it. I'm having so much fun. I bring in big horn sections and big chorus backup groups, and it's just a big party. The song, like, if you like a Jack Frost Christmas, Jack Frost Christmas is a song about um, a young... As a matter of fact, I'm writing a movie script. Uh, I have the movie script written, and we hopefully... Movie scripts are not easy. It takes time to, to get off the ground in production. Big money involved. But um, if I'm fortunate and blessed, I have this movie script written, and this is a theme song to the movie. And it's about Jack Frost steals Christmas from Santa. But this Jack Frost is a little boy. He's a child. And he's mm -hmm. jealous because his mom and dad, who are Mother Nature and Father Time, are never available Christmas Day because they're handling what has to be done with the weather and everything for Christmas. And he's jealous. So any child that is the son of a, a daughter of a son or daughter of a police officer, of a surgeon, of a soldier, of a radio DJ that has to work on Christmas, that can't be home until a certain time, you know, you can get very upset. Why, Dad? How come you have to work today? You know, Mom, mm -hmm. how come you have to work today? A nurse in a hospital, uh, anyone in that position. 
So this song is for those children and for those to to let them know. It, it, the movie has a fantastic ending, and uh, the whole build-up to it is... I, I don't want to give it up until it, it's out and released, but this is the theme song for it. So I put it on the album. It's called A Jack Frost Christmas. And it's mm-hmm. a real fun song about Jack Frost trying to stop Santa from having Christmas. And, mm-hmm. of course, it has a, a happy ending. But um, And then, of course, there's the rooftop hop, which is a dance. And there's another fun, flirtatious song called Jingle, Jangle, Jingle All Night Long. And it's really upbeat, big band Christmas song. And then there's another song called Some Things Never Change. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, it's called This Christmas Lullaby. And when I was a child, uh, we used to go back every year to visit Grandma and Grandpa. And my grandmother, God bless her soul, um, uh, she's now looking down upon us, but every time she used to greet me uh, as a little boy, she would bend over, look right into my eyes, and put her two hands on my cheeks, and she'd go, oh, it's so nice to see your face. Just that little saying. Then she'd give me a big hug and hug me in close, and like an unbelievable welcome. And But just that saying, it's so nice to see your face, and she'd look stooped down looking directly into my eyes when she said it, and I never forgot it. And uh, I put mm-hmm. it into this song. I wrote this song around that theme, and it's called This Christmas Lullaby. And basically the song is about someone that you love so much that can't be there that Christmas, either they're maybe a soldier overseas or they're traveling or they just don't live by you and you wish they were there, and you're sending them this Christmas lullaby. So right. um, they, I, I really believe if people give this album a chance, some things never change, they're going to find several songs that, that click with them. And the response has been amazing so far. Of course, you know, I'm I'm not the huge mega star with that big uh, major record label team behind me, so we're <laughs> doing it very independently and off the ground type of way. But um, it's fun, and I love doing it. And, you know, I, I, I believe when you put things out there, they can grow legs and travel a long way. Uh, you just got to put them out there and create that opportunity. Exactly. And I have every expectation that this will go amazingly well because you just seem to amply succeed in every venture that you ever take part in. Well, um, you know, the, the, the tickling part is I, I was in meetings and appointments all day yesterday, and I was driving home. I had a long drive home very late, and my wife called me all excited. Barbara and the boys started setting up the house with the Christmas tree and uh, just setting it up so we could decorate it today and everything. And, um, she calls me and goes, your song's on TV. <laughs> so they were listening to the, the, the Christmas music channel on television, uh, and the rooftop hop came on. So uh, she's holding the phone, and it's playing, and she goes, hey, you hear it? So, I mean, just that alone is a dream come true, um, that it's on uh, national television on the Christmas music channels being played. So, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I, as I said, I've been extremely blessed and uh, whatever comes, comes, and uh, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Exactly. That's amazing. Now I have one final question for you, which sure. is, if you could just let us know, um, what can we expect in the future from you? What are you, what are you hoping to attain not only um, professionally but also personally? What do you see over maybe the next couple of years or the next five-year plan if there is one? Where are we going to see you at that point? What would you like to see happen? Well, if I could predict the future, let me tell you, I'd be uh, – <laughs> <laughs> I think the winner right. made a lot of numbers. But, you right. know, it, 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 I, I see the future, the way things are going, and I love to keep, uh, as I said, creating. Uh, I hope to see our movie off the ground, um, A Jack Frost Christmas. 
Uh, I definitely see several other books coming out. Uh, we're bringing out one next year. Uh, it's an incredible story. I don't want to give it away yet till we release it, but I think it's really going to touch the hearts of people during Christmas in a different way. It's reaching them in a different way with a real solid story um, that uh, I think will touch them emotionally and uh, spiritually as well. Um, also, um, I have, as I said, the Celtic album coming out. Um, right. I'm working on a play, a theatrical production for um, Broadway uh, or off-Broadway show. Um, I'm working on setting up different tours and performances with uh, a string quartet and uh, a live band um, to do. Um, just go out and do some tours and performances as well. And uh, mm-hmm. the possibilities are endless. I, I'm writing a television script. Uh, I have written it already um, based on my undercover career with the police department. And we have a lot of interest in it. You know, but everything's smoke and mirrors until it happens. But as I said, uh, no matter what, I'm going to keep doing it and putting it out. And uh, I'm not looking, um, I'm not doing it to achieve uh, awards and success. If that happens, that's amazing and that's a blessing. I'm doing it because I love it. And uh, I can't see myself doing anything else. So um, if I could put it out, look for more music uh, of all genres. Uh, As I said, a Celtic album, uh, a a rock pop album coming out, Uh, more Christmas music in the the new year um, that I'll be releasing. I have two more songs I'm going to release next year. That might possibly lead to another full album. Uh, I have a book I'm releasing next year. As I said, I have eight Mr. Holiday's books already written. So, um, you know, we're only a small little company, so I'm doing one at a time. So next year I hope to have one. Maybe the year after I'll have another. It's a lot of work to put out these books. And, oh, I know um, it is. And then also I want to do them in different languages. Now now that I have Mr. Holidays out there in English, I'd like to, uh, the rooftop hop, I'd like to also do it in Latin um, and for all uh, the Latin American countries and uh, Spanish-speaking countries. Uh, I'd also like to do it in French and German and Italian, get it out across the world and... Um, my goal is to, since I'm based in the United States, is to uh, have something for every holiday eventually in the calendar year for the United States and then go on to the other countries because Mr. Holidays is international. We celebrate everyone's holidays, everyone's religion, everyone's background. It's Mr. Holidays for Mr. Holidays uh, of all the holidays. So, um, <laughs> and, and if you look at his outfit, um, you know, on Mr. Holidays, he has the, the the hearts for Valentine's Day, the Easter eggs for Easter, the Christmas hat. He has the shamrock for St. Patrick's Day, a New Year's Eve, a New Year's Day calendar on his a jacket. He has the menorah on his T-shirt. He has red, white, and blue pants for all the American holidays. And as we go to different countries, we can change that up a tiny bit to celebrate their holidays as well. And and that's the great thing about being in the entertainment industry. I have traveled the world a good bit, and I'd like to travel it a bit more. There's a lot of places I have not seen. But, I mean, it's just amazing, the, the customs and the traditions that each country and the holidays that each country offer. And um, another exciting thing is a good friend of mine has a very successful balloon company, and uh, her company does all the big balloons for all the parades across the country and in Europe. She's done parades in London, and she's doing one this Christmas in Chile. And she's very interested in doing a big balloon of Mr. Holidays. So mm-hmm. if that happens, I mean, that costs a lot of money, but if we're able to get that off the ground, 
that would be amazing to have a Mr. Holiday's balloon in in a lot of these parades. And um, I'm excited. You know, as I said, the the possibilities are endless, and um, every day is exciting to me. It's a lot of work, but I I love what I'm doing, so I'm lucky. Amazing, absolutely amazing. And I, I cannot tell you how inspiring I found you, how talented I find you, how just full of spirit and tenacity, and I enjoy that about every single uh, individual that comes on my show. I definitely always like to interview people that are different and fresh and intelligent and, and prolific, and, and you just exemplify all of that. And I certainly hope that you will, A, consider coming back on the show again at any time, because I would love to oh, have you back. Cindy, I'm honored to be on your show, and thank you so oh, much for having you. me. And uh, oh, everyone out there, I wish you all a happy holidays and Merry Christmas. And if you want to come to my website, um, uh, my just website talk is about that. okay. Yeah, I was just going to throw it out to you. Actually, I want to just double check with you and make sure I'm not missing anything. For all of you that are listening, or anybody that comes back to archive, listen to this. Um, Michael does have a Facebook page which you can like, and just so you know, Michael and the last name is spelled S H E A H A N. Um, he has the website which is www.mrholidayssongs.com. Uh, also, additionally, if you're interested, www.finestmusic.com. And then there are two Twitter handles, which is at Michael C. Sheehan or at Mr. Holiday Songs. Okay, Michael, have I missed anything? Uh, well, I have a few more things. We just launched a brand okay. new website. As a matter of fact, it just came out yesterday, and I'm excited about it. It's uh, Michael Sheehan, my name, um, M I C H A E L. S-H-E-A-H-A-N dot com. So, um, and then uh, we also have um, several other Twitter for Mr. Holidays. We have Mr. Holidays Songs dot com. Uh, sorry, Mr. Hol- at Mr. Holidays Songs, at Mr. Okay. Holidays Books, and at Mr. Holidays Dance, uh, the three different Twitters. And then my own personal Twitter, okay. which you mentioned, uh, Michael C. Shahan. Gotcha. Okay, I just want to double-check, make sure I wasn't missing anything. This way, everybody knows how they can get a hold of you. I also want to take a moment, obviously, of course, to thank one of my absolute most favorite people in the world who just became a mommy, which is Bridget, your publicist. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Bridget, for taking the time to organize an interview, that, or I should say, get this interview together. So, Bridget yes, O'Brien, uh, thank you again very much. Yeah, Bridget O'Brien, um, she's amazing, and I'm very fortunate to... Uh, it's a long story. I Many, many years ago, I was the band at Bridget O'Brien's wedding. And, uh, you know, it's funny. That's what I say. I've been so fortunate in life to be able to connect with the right people. And who knew years later that Bridget was going to be a very successful publicist? Uh, I mean, she's worked with the Jonas Brothers and several people, and um, it's just amazing. So, um, yeah, I, a big call out. Thank you, Bridget, uh, for making this interview happen as well. Yes, and thank you, Michael, for taking the opportunity to uh, come on the show and kind of talk about your project. By the way, I did get a copy of your book, and I have to say it's amazing, and I have boys who are six and eight that they liked it very much. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your experiences and your work and your spirit with all of us, and I look forward to you coming back on the show again. Cindy, thanks so much, and let's connect you and I on Facebook and LinkedIn and uh, all our sites. I'm going to like yours. And Also, there was one thing. uh, I have a Facebook page, singer-songwriter, Michael Shane. Okay. If they can Got connect it. on that. And um let's stay in touch and I'd love to be on oh, the show anytime you want me, Cindy. Oh wonderful, Michael. You have yourself an absolutely wonderful Christmas holiday if I don't talk to you. Uh, to you and yours as well. And everyone ha- happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and uh I hope to meet you all one day. Oh, thank you very much, Michael. You take care.
Take care now. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening to that. That was an absolutely inspiring interview with Michael Shahan. I think that he's amazing. I think he's talented. I think his work is extraordinary. Please, please, again, Facebook, Michael Sheehan, Twitter, and Michael C. Sheehan, at Mike, or excuse me, at Mr. Holiday Songs, or www.mrholidaysongs.com, and of course his business, www.finestmusic.com. I will also be putting this information up on my Facebook page. And just as a quick FYI before I let you go, um, of course, please come back and tune in. 45 minutes, we're going to be talking to Lori Sidus, who is the lead singer for Lynette Skinner, the only all-female band, um, tribute band, I should say, for Lynette Skinner. And, of course, obviously, tomorrow, even more excited, Ted Alva of Sons of Anarchy will be on our show, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. So, hopefully, I will talk to you guys within the next hour. Thanks.